One of my favorite sounds, mm, one of my top 10 favorite sounds on all the planet. I got a lot of great sounds, a lot of great food, a lot of great music. It's one of my top 10 sounds. Because what it ushers in, it ushers in great guests like this morning's Justin Redimer. Coach Redimer, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Brother, I can't tell you how grateful I am. This is your second podcast, first time in the history of the world. Huh. More history. That Dawn Patrol has a repeated or repeating guest, second time. Wow. That's... First time, you use the word ubiquitous. That, that might be the single greatest honor of my life. It's it's a big deal. I'm just saying. It's a big deal. And yeah. we've had heavy, 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 heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've, I've listened to a number of them. So Coach Redimer, I think, one of the all-time um, greatest teachers in, in my lifetime in my sphere, though you're not my teacher, but watching you roll at Hayward High and how you love the students, love your family, love your God, love Winning, love football, love team sports, what it does to men. I yeah. just love watching you be you. And so thanks for joining us today on the podcast again and teaching Dawn Patrol. Amazing wrap-up to the Follow the Leader series, which was entitled Not Our Ways. Why'd you call it that? Uh, I called it that, I think, generally through the course of the Bible, but then specifically through the passage we studied today. It's just clearly evident that God is always working in ways that we push back against, we don't understand, don't make sense to us. You know, if if you wanted to create the person to be in charge, you would go a certain path, and God's like, "Now I'm gonna take this guy who was a slave, prisoner, this, that, the other, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put him. He's gonna be the guy that runs the show, right? I'm gonna take the second brother, make him run the show. I'm gonna take this guy who's the the fatherless son of a carpenter." He's going to be the savior of the world, right? Like, I, like this is how the king of the world is going to be born into a, a stable, right? Like, this, he just, his ways are not ours. Always going left. Always yeah. doing the unpredictable. Yeah. Always calling us to greatness through surrender. And he's got, I, I think I said it today at Dawn Patrol, here's, here's a guy whose father was pretty much non-existent, who's teaching us all how to be good fathers. <laughs> right? I mean, this true. is just, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, here's my notes. And I'm, this is my going to be my Dawn Patrol cast, uh, little post right here. Kyle's getting his camera out. Here's my notes. And you got to get me in the background now. It's my podcast. You're Don't forget that, Kyle. You're there. It's not. Okay. You're there. Okay, good. I got you. And, <laughs> look at that. And I just went. I, this is a series. This is a series. Not our ways. That's a series. And, and, and what you touched on throughout this one chapter in the book of Genesis, recapping and closing our series on the life of Joseph and leadership was amazing. And I opened it up to the Dawn Patrol guys to ask a couple of questions, and I got two fantastic questions. Okay. Before we get into that, and I'm feeling rushed because you're, <laughs> you're going to work. No, I've got, I've got 20 minutes. I want, I want, uh, tell us, four children. Yeah. Married how long? What's, give us a, a, a picture into your life. Uh, four kids. Uh, my wife and I started dating when she was a freshman in college and I was a junior. And uh, so we've been together since 2002, February 2002. And we will officially have been married 14 years as of July. Wow. And you have three boys and one girl. Three boys and one girl. Um, they're, uh, they're all in elementary school. The three boys are all in elementary school together, which is fun. They, they walk to school together. They walk home from school together. You know, 
And then uh, my daughter is, uh, she's a princess and she knows it. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we never thought we would have girls. Mm-hmm. Like we just never thought it would happen. We thought after the first boy and the second boy, and we never, we never found out the sex ahead of time. Right. It was always just wait till the birth. Right. Right. So we just assumed we had a fourth boy coming. And I remember when, <laughs> when we gave birth, my wife gave birth, I should say to the, to my daughter, my first statement, my, my first statement was, there's nothing there. <laughs> that, that was my first statement because I was just so used to seeing something there and there yeah. was nothing there. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, oh. it's a girl. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. I love uh, podcasts and Dawn Patrol specifically. And we're, we, we, on the podcast, we go gender, not sex. Because once we drop the sex bomb, it changes, you know, with our audience. I know my audience. So Interesting. you got to go, yeah, it's a gender. It's a gender. Okay. Okay. All right. So tell us about the, the three, what'd you call it? your son's 10 by 10 room with the three bunks is called a what? We call it the barracks. The barracks. So there, there's a, a three, three stack bunk beds and they like an L shaped, right? So real, real stable. And, uh, it's about a 10 foot by 10 foot room. And in that 10 foot by 10 foot room is about, uh, 200 books, uh, 12,000 Legos. Um, so they're Lego guys. They're yeah. They're Lego guys, all their beds. And then like two baskets full of balls. So we, we try and separate out, right? Like yeah. if we gave them room, they would just fill the room yeah. with whatever, yeah. right? But they've got Legos, they've got books, and then outside is where like the basketballs are, the footballs are, all that stuff. We try and keep that outside. Not always successfully. How many books? Seriously? In their room? Yeah. Probably 200. 200. Yeah. Are they readers, all three? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How'd you do that? Uh, I read. My wife reads. Um reading's important to my family. My, my dad's a reader. My brother's a reader. So we just read. They read. We talk about books. I give them books to read. Um, so it's, it's an important thing for us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. TV in the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a TV. Yeah. On all the time or off? or how, uh, how, do you, how do you do it? It's, it's on for certain periods of the day, off for most of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, for example, I came home after my son's football practice, and we sat down and watched uh, the Warriors basketball game yep. for about – 15 minutes yeah. and then put them in bed. Okay. Um, they, yeah, I mean, TV's on sometimes. I mean, it's, we've watched some good stuff and sometimes it's just mindless entertainment, sure. but you know, yeah, yeah, I don't mind it. I, we don't really watch uh, television television. So it's all Netflix disconnected stream sling you're, you're that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not just television right. and we mute the commercials. That's the rule in our house. Mute them. Yeah. You just, when the commercial comes on, you hit mute. So you're teaching your kids um, sign language. And exactly. Liberty. Oh yeah. yeah. No, they're yeah. really good at it. <laughs> I'm asking because we have parents that listen, and as a parent, and you know, uh, hopefully, going to be a grandparent. So there's no. So here's the rule in our house: TV is fine. No video games. Yeah. None. None. No. No video games. None. There's not a single video game in the house. Nothing. No tablets for the kids. Nothing like that. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I. I think they're. I watch my students. They're addicted when they come to high school. Yep. And they are unable to break away from the screen. Yep. And, and so, their culture, the uh, the terms they use, the the friends that they start to gather. So my so my kids my kids do like dances from from uh, what's the video game that all the kids play? Fortnite. Fortnite. That's right, Fortnite. And they don't even know what Fortnite is. They've never played it. It's hilarious. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Well, so How there does you Kyle go. know what it is? Because I have nephews. You have nephews. There, see, bro. And so as a educator. At the throat of culture, Hayward High, you're seeing what video games does. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so you're telling Video games your kids, and no. screens. And screens. Yeah, handheld screens. Yeah. Can't communicate with people, don't know how to talk, 
all that what it produces. Well, they can't even. It, so it's even worse than that. I, you know, I don't mind that. There's always people that can't do yeah, that yeah, very yeah, effectively. Yeah, yeah. But what it does is they they can't even pay attention without checking their phone mm -hmm. and the dopamine hit. It's mm -hmm. a, it's an addictive thing, mm -hmm. right? Like yep. they need that hit of dopamine. Mm -hmm. So if they go 20 minutes without checking it, they, they like reach down and grab it and check it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really interesting. It's interesting. And so you, you do have phones in the classroom. Oh you, yeah. You allow that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they stopped trying to get phones out of the classroom. Yeah. It's just not, it's not possible. Parents were getting upset. They want to be in touch with their kids. Mm -hmm. And, and truth be told, I teach seniors and a lot of my seniors have responsibilities for their family members. Sure. So they, they need to, and I, so I have a rule, if you've got a situation you got to deal with, because some of them are like the primary caregivers for their brothers and sisters, right? right? right, right. Um, or their parents work in another city, so if something's going on, they got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I say, just step outside, take care of it, and come back. You know, I've had a lot of fun with you over the years. <clears throat> and a lot of, mo I would say 80%, 90% of our time together is social. Yeah. You're an interesting dude. I think we got to do a little series and we're going to call it something. Give me about a week. I'm going to think about it. But a series with, with Justin through the summer, four-weeker. How would Justin do it? I mean, that's the, Justin's ways. You know, oh, because you, you see a lot. And you're, an, you're smart. And you pull a lot of philosophy, history, culture, wisdom into. You really pull it all together. And you're, you're in the front lines of culture. And you're uh, changing it. Thanks, and you're, you're, yeah. No, I'm sincere. And so there's just like that. How does a guy get 200 books? I can't buy 10. I'm lost in the bunk thing. And you go to prison for that. That's like, what? <laughs> it, it looks like a, it looks like a dormant. It, it, lo it looks like a dormy it, barracks. It, it sounds terrible. And then, but you <clears> load it with Legos. That's creativity on steroids. Yeah. It, it teach the people to be builders, not destroyers. Yep. Here's a box of stuff. Put it together. Yep. And creativity and what it does to the right brain, left brain. And then you got 200 books. And they're boys, so they're fighting. And they're who gets the, the top bunk? Is that the king of the hill? No. So so top bunk, uh, we switch it off. So you you get it for a time period. Right now, my youngest is on the top, and then my my youngest boy, and then my second is in the middle, and my oldest is at the bottom. But they we've traded off through the years. It's just you know. What's the coveted bunk? Uh, top. I don't know it. it it, it's really how you sell it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's how you sell sure, something, sure. right? Yeah. So it's it. Whoever is feeling most insecure about their position has the worst bunk. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're on the top or the bottom. Sure. If you feel insecure about your position in the status in the hierarchy, you're going to be the the one who hates your bunk. That's a podcast title. What bunk are you in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Look, look at the ramifications of just that. Right? I just love how you guys are living your life. I really do. I really do. Game changer. Two great questions. We could go on forever. Two great questions from two great men. What did you learn from your grandparents, not your parents, and how did that make your life who you are today, make mm. you the man you are today? Because hmm. you talked about the fact that Joseph brought his kids to see granddad and how siloed we are. That was a yeah. great moment in Dom Patrol, yeah. how you ripped how the church is structured and how that all happens yeah. on Larry's first day back. Yeah. And then through Butch's class, I don't know if it was his class or the class over his, under the, and then referring to the table in front of me is table Casa Sandoval. That was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And so anyway. I'm, what sorry. Did I'm you... sorry, Larry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But it was great, great insight. <clears throat> and we do silo. What did you learn from your grandparents, not your dad, and how did that make you the man you are today? Mm. Uh, I think, so 
I, I was blessed and privileged that I had both of my grandfathers in my life. Um, my, my one, two very different men, very similar life experiences. Their lives were, I mean, just insane growing up, right? The one, his, grows the oldest of five kids. Mm-hmm. Dad walks out of the family in the middle of the Great Depression. Oh, right. What's, what state? In, 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 in the Central Valley. They wow. came out from Oklahoma. They were Okies. Okay. They came out. Visalia. Yeah, Visalia area, okay. uh, south of there. Um, and they. Lindsay? I, f- I forget the name of the Because that's where my family's from. My okay. mom's side is okay. from there. Yeah. So, so, so dad walks out on the family. He grows up having to take care of his brothers and sisters. Mom's working a minimum wage job. They were stealing food to survive. Crazy stuff. And my other grandfather, his mom died. He was the youngest of nine. Died in childbirth. And so. On his birth. On his birth. Oh, that's devastating. And so his, he grew up his whole life. And his older brother, his older brothers are terrible. Um, they, they would tell him that uh, his mom gave birth, looked at him, and then died. From, Don't you love from terror, yeah. So, so they just had crazy. I and mean, he went to fourteen schools in his seventeen years. Um, so I think, I think, in what, what I, part of the country? Uh, all over the place. He didn't get electricity till he was thirteen. Right. I mean, crazy stuff. So I think what I learned from both of them is, and this is just the 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 thing I, I think I learned is, they both changed the direction of their family. They both intentionally lived in ways that meant their kids didn't have to grow up how they did, you know. Um, Were they believers? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my mom's dad gave his life to the Lord at a tent revival wow. when he was like seventeen. Wonder who and was changed preaching. his ways. Wonder, I, that'd be fascinating. Who knows? As, no, it was like some small Pentecostal sure. tent revival, sure. right? And then my my other grandfather. Um, I don't know when he gave his life to the Lord necessarily, but when he married my grandmother, he became a regular attender at the church that her grandfather dug the basement out of. And uh, so I just, I think I learned from them perseverance. Uh, my one grandfather loved music. He was a, a, a choir teacher for like 30-something years, mm-hmm. uh, won a bunch of awards, California State Teacher of the Year, stuff wow. like that. And my other grandfather was a mailman and a farmer, and he hated his job, but... He did it for 30 years because he knew his family needed the stability. He hated being a mailman. He despised it, right? But he did it. Every single day he woke up and did it Wow. because um, he wanted to take care of his family. He did not want to be the father that his father was to him. How did that make you the man you are today, those two stories, or those two men? Uh, I think it just, it, first of all, it, it gave me a sense of agency, mm-hmm. right? Like a- I, a- urgency? Or a- agency. Agency. Like I have, I have the ability to... to direct my family's future wow for good or for bad agency yeah every time he whips a word down <laughs> gives me homework agency yeah a sense of agency so like you can you can direct your family's course and you can change it for the good or or you can change it for the bad and and you have power in that right um and uh i i think uh i i also learned from both of them the concept of perseverance perseverance right and you don't have to, um, like, striving in the face of the obstacles. And, like, the things they went through are so much more insurmountable than anything I've had to go through. Mm-hmm. So oh, anything sure. that confronts oh, sure. me, and I had a good enough relationship with them to know them well enough to just get that sense, like, man, if they can overcome, I can also overcome. Just just nine brothers telling you you're ugly and your mom died because of your ugliness. Oh, and, Talk about bullying. Well, and four stepmoms oh, just boy. ran through stepmoms. And then... And then there would be times when the dad would be gone 
and like he just leave the kids at the house for three months and they'd have to take care of the neighbors one time had to come in and take him in because they were all jaundiced they weren't eating anything they weren't there were no nutrients oh my right it was, i mean it's crazy stuff crazy yeah welcome to childhood yeah exactly welcome to the farm it's like my biggest obstacle was we didn't have air conditioning in connecticut <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like there's just nothing there's no comparison right you know it's just but when you're but when you're connected to your generational family you 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 get that kind of sense that i think you know that what they've gone through and it gives you a feeling like man i can i can do this and I you're can connected do to that you don't hear about it like i'm hearing about it this is in your family's dna perseverance and agency yeah that's a rich thing. Know your roots. I'm big because I, I don't have a lot of family, and I'm big in just knowing where I come from and who went before me. That's why I know, you know, I'd love, I'd be interesting to see where your, that farm was down by Visalia because mm. a small community back then, especially in that era. Well, he wasn't a farmer. They were, like, living in a tenement shelter. Oh, sure. Right? Like, but, uh, but there was farming all around it. But he married a farmer. Really? Farmer's daughter. Yeah. Farmer's That's how daughter. he got his 40 acres. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I'm serious. They, they started dating when he was a senior in high school, and she was an eighth grader. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he wasn't a senior. He got kicked out of high school. So, well, so was, that was bled into your life. So you're freshman. <clears throat> you're dating a freshman as a junior in college. In college, yeah, a little but, different. But a little different. But still, you're reaching. You know, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Second question. Great question. I want to be sensitive to your time. Great answer. I just learned a word. I got to put a sense of agency in the DNA of my family. Sincerely. Here's the question. How did you get over it? And I want you to express it just in brief okay and how long did it take you mm. it what was it uh it was when uh i was suspended as the the head football coach at hayward high mm -hmm. and i want to be sensitive yes because yes. you know people are involved yep um <clears throat> and so i i felt unjustly suspended and uh was forced to forfeit a game and it took me sometime between oh i know what it was it was sunday morning Sunday morning, Larry gave a sermon on, and shoot, you know what? I have it in my phone, if I could look at it. But it, basically, it was on, like, the necessity of reaching out to the one who you feel like has wronged you and apologizing for what you've done, I right? That. I remember that. And I, I, was just, I was just sitting there like, well, thank you, Lord, uh, you know. Sometime between Saturday night and Sunday morning. That was the morning I sat with you in church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And he, like, spoke on the very thing that I was wrestling with and was like, it's incumbent upon us as believers to reach out and say like, you've like to those that we feel like have wronged us, like maybe what have I done to wrong you? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And so by the time Monday came along that morning, I literally looked at the principal and I also, they, my, my football parents had started an online petition on Saturday morning. And by Monday morning it had 1400 signatures so you like, had community back and 200 comments. And I literally walked into the principal's office and I just said, like, uh, hey, I want to thank you because the outpouring of support I've received has, like, helped me understand the significance that that I've, I've been able to accomplish. here." Sure. You weren't alone. Yeah. You had you, people saw and recognized <clears throat> yep. the misjustice. Because yep. I'm just through the lens of the questionnaire. How did you get over it? How did I get over it? I mean, partly. The community came together with you, and, and then, you weren't alone. And there was a, a, a there's a guy who kind of helped orchestrate the the reconciliation. Um, Hayward High graduate, we've talked about yep. him before. I'm not yep. going to say nope. his name, yep. um, but he he reached out to the principal. He reached out to me. He reached out to the union person, and he so he mediator. helped me. He literally said, "Do you want to see 
do you would you want to help would you want there to be reconciliation here would you want there to be would you want to be the head football coach again do you want this thing to like are you interested in that and i said you know what i am and he he was he was key in that community mediator first with the lord whispering into your soul Mm -hmm. sunday morning snapping you out of the saturday night funk of 12 hours of anger lord minister community comes together in a way that they didn't know they didn't yeah. know all that was going on. Yeah. And then a mediator stepped up and pulled people together and didn't tear people apart. That's right. That's fantastic. No, he was he was a healer. Healer. He, he was a healer. That's what he was. It's what he is. He's not even a and I don't even know if I know he goes to I think he goes to St. Isidore's in Danville as Catholic, but I don't even know if he realizes, but I've told him many times that he was doing the Lord's work. He I don't even know if he knew it. Healer. Interesting. Uh in the nitty gritty, our new <laughs> series starts next week. We're going to look at the, the nitty-gritty of how, just what I've learned of 30 years of walking with the Lord as a man. Mm. It's what I think. There's mm. no book study. There's no thing. It's just my—it's subjective. Here's yeah, yeah. what I think is the nitty-gritty. Rubber hits the road. This is what I've learned. One of those things is imitating Christ. A little spoiler alert. And so not imitating the ways of the world, but imitating Christ in all situations, which takes the Holy Spirit, which takes supernatural situation. He came to set people free, give sight to the blind, heal the lame. Yeah, I, I often think if he showed up today, that there'd be like you know in casinos when people count cards, there's yeah. like hospitals would have his picture up on the door, like don't let this guy in. <laughs> like, he he drives us out of business. Like don't do that. But this mediator is a healer. He is. And to be a healing mm-hmm. in community and culture, I think, is a piece of Christianity today. Is yeah. what's uh, missing. Yeah. Is the mantle of we have the power to heal a broken world. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. You and and, and you can't. You can't give what you have not received. Mm. Like you can't give what you don't have. Right. If I asked you for a hundred bucks and you didn't have it, you couldn't give, give it, it to me. So you can't heal until you've been healed by the healer. We're gonna do a series. We're doing a series. Can't give what you didn't receive. Uh, how long did it take? That's the second part of his question. How long did that take <clears throat> from beginning to end? Of course, the issue. So I started for. So I was fri- I was angry Friday, all Friday. All the way through Saturday afternoon, I got the call Saturday afternoon. By Sunday, after church, the Lord had worked in my heart, and I, I was ready to reconcile and move forward. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was that it was that quick of a process. What time do you have to leave? Um, in about two minutes. Two minutes. Sorry, that's one issue. What would you speak in closing to a guy, gal, person who's been wounded? Oh, that was one issue. Mm. Over, uh, say, a decade. I've been injured, abuser, uh, under the throes of a terrible boss, a terrible relationship, whatever. In you, what you've learned here, commu- hearing from the Lord, community counts and the mediator and healer, that's what happened to you. What would you tell a guy or girl suffering through that? Um, that the power of forgiveness is not just a power that allows us to be for- forgiven, but it's a power that allows us to be free. Um, when we forgive, we don't allow that person who's hurt us to control us any longer. And in so long as you don't forgive, that person is running your life. Coach, teacher, prophet, preacher, saint, father, no. leader. Saint, if Paul would call you a saint. No. You're either saint or you ain't. Um, friend. Coach Justin Redimer, so glad to be walking the earth with guys like you, sincerely. Thanks. Thanks for giving us a few moments. Uh, Lord, go before this brother today as he, uh, again, 
loves a people who needs love and see you in action, even when you're wearing a blazer on Hayward High Campus. That's going to be you today, Lord, through the body and mind and lips of Justin Redimer. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you Sunday next Wednesday. New series, The Nitty Gritty, Dawn and Dust Patrol. Peace.